welcome to the Broken Arrow, a traditional bow hunting podcast with your hosts, Schaefer Magnet and Chris Seacole. Brought to you by Black Widow Bows. With addictive archery, safari tough, and great northern quivers. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Broken Arrow Traditional Bow Hunting Podcast. Um, hope everybody's doing well. We had a fantastic week last week. Uh, Schaefer came down to Pennsylvania and started hunting Wednesday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Had some amazing encounters. Um, I'm sure we'll do maybe a little bit of a mini episode about it or something like that, or it'll just come up in other episodes. But uh, nothing died, unfortunately, but it was a fantastic week. We had some amazing encounters, not just with some beautiful bucks, but we actually saw quite a bit of coyotes and, and other little critters. So yeah, it was a good week. Um, and I think he, uh, I think he's tainted for the rest of his life and now we'll probably have to leave Vermont or something. Cause it was, it was a good week to be in Pennsylvania. Um, that being said, I just want to bring up the, uh, Christmas youth bow giveaway that Compton traditional and Damien Howard are going to be doing. This is the, I think it's the third year, third edition uh, of the third time that Damien's doing this. And basically what it is, is a uh, passion project of friend and CTB member, Damien Howard. He can be found at bleeding arrow at bleeding arrow on uh, the Instagrams. And he has once again, given money straight from his own pocket to make this happen. We would love to see children that don't yet have bows or who may, may have outgrown their, uh, get to enjoy the sport of traditional archery. We'll be giving away four complete bow packages in three different age groups, as well as additional winners pulled for Three Rivers Archery gift cards. So, to enter, number one, share this post on Instagram. Go to Compton, grab the post, and share it. Uh, number two, visit the link in our bio to fill out a quick form that will officially get your youngster into the drawing. Please, please submit a new form for each child entered. Uh, the winners will be drawn on November 30th in order to have the packages delivered under the tree by Christmas. So go to Compton's Instagram. Um, if you got a son, daughter, niece, nephew, um, grandkid, whatever, we all have kids in our lives. Get them entered in this. Get them into traditional archery, and uh, let's let's keep this thing going. So, again, thanks, Damon Howard, and thank you so much, Compton Traditional. Uh, and tonight we have Michael from Tall Tines on. It's a good episode. It was a fun one. Um, there was some uh, technical difficulties where we had to reconnect with him about two or three different times, but it should be a good episode. Hope you all enjoy it. Hope you all are having a fantastic bow hunting season. And we'll be seeing you soon. Thanks so much. Let's, let's really start over. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're going to try oh, something. We're going to try. <laughs> we're going to try something new tonight. I feel like people say this around on what is it on the horn tonight? We have Michael Arnett of Tall Tines Arch Archery. That's people me. do that, right? That sounds like an introduction. Trying oh, to start things off new here. That was almost professional. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it only took ninety-one episodes, but we're there. Awesome. <laughs> Dude, uh, I got I got to ask you real quick. You make prosthetics like arms, legs, things like that. Yes. So that was um, that's what I went to school for and um, practiced. Started in 2010. Yeah. And uh, my family owns uh, 
practice. And so it's a family business as well. So nice. That's, that's kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um, and I really like it. It just, um, you know, it every, it has its pros and its cons and yeah. most insurance, um, yeah. is, is probably the con. So, Hey, cash. Come here. I feel like you could definitely make a pun. Cash. Michael Arnett, the man of many limbs. Yeah. We got Cash, my, my German short hair. I don't know if you can see him. What's up, buddy? Hey, nice. nice. Love we love it when dogs make appearances. Yes, yeah. yes, we do. He's not going to make too much noise. That's all right. That's okay. That was a nice... That, that chair's got some good bearings in it. That was free-floating. Well, so cool. you got hunting because I, I need to live vicariously through you. I, I, I just, so this is supposed to be your, your like time off, Michael. Like you purposely set your schedule to have a lot of time off. Yeah, for hunting. That's coming. That's coming. Okay, so it didn't completely ruin it. The surgery didn't. Hopefully not. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good. I was concerned for you there for a moment. Yes. Yeah. It. It's. I don't know about well. Schaefer's been out. I think more than I have. I've I've only been out twice so far. Um, our season opened two Saturdays ago. Um, I got out for the morning that first day. Um, the second Saturday was an absolute washout, and I was working like twelve-hour shifts the week in between, so I didn't get out at night. Um, so I got out tonight for the my first evening sit, which was fun. It was nice. I saw deer. I just didn't have any shots. Nothing close. I think the closest closest doe was like forty five or fifty yards, um, but and then this Saturday looks like a total washout again. So it's kind of a bummer. Yeah, I'm a little um, concerned about this weekend weather wise. Yeah. It's, it's hard like, for me to get out on Saturdays, and naturally Saturdays have been really nice, and Sundays have been rainy. So that, that's the, <laughs> exactly what I've hoped yeah, to it, see. It hasn't been just rain; it's like a freaking monsoon. It's like yeah. torrential downpour, and I'm like, I'm not sitting on this crap. No. So that's kind of a bummer. So, but I don't know. It's still early. I'm not really too concerned yet. But I like. Do to you mind out. hunting in the rain, Michael? If it's light rain, light rain, yeah, I will. Yeah, if it's pouring, yeah, that's the, just no fun. The rain's never really bothered me from the essence that it's raining. It's just like if things were to happen, it's the aftermath worries of shooting oh, yeah. something in the rain that bothers me more. The trailing, yeah, because everything's just getting erased instantly. So. Pretty much, yeah, it's a little sketchy. Um, you know, if you, if you make a good shot, it's not. Um. But yeah, if you have to wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that happened on clear days too. I've had, you know, shots that I had to wait and then it rained that night type thing. And that's no fun either. So, right, right. That's always been my hesitancy with rain, anyways. Have uh, have you been out at all yet or no? Not for, not for whitetails. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I went on an elk hunt in September. Came back, moved because we sold our house. Now we're living in my brother-in-law's basement, saving some money, um, trying to buy a home with land. And then, I respect that. Then I had my surgery, so it's just been like kind of blur. <laughs> so, Anything fun on the elk hunt? You know, um, it was the best elk hunt I've ever been on. Awesome. A, a hard-to-draw unit in Colorado. Nice. Um, 
takes 18 points to draw it for, wow. a, bull, for a bull archery tag. Um, and I drew a cow archery tag. So, which doesn't take nearly as many points. As I say, how many points did you have? Four. Four? Yeah. All right. So, it wasn't that bad, but uh, basically what happened is I could have shot a whole bunch of bulls. <laughs> oh, classic tale. And uh, the only one good chance I had at a cow, I blew. Um, so, and then and I had another chance, but I couldn't tell if it was a cow or a bull. By the time I could tell, the shot wasn't there. So, but it was, it was an awesome hunt. The whole purpose of the hunt was to burn some Colorado points because Colorado's just a mess. Yes. And, and then to learn, like I've been on a lot of over the counter elk hunts a lot. I say four, yeah, you know, three of them dedicated, you know, um, and then about as many mule deer hunts in Colorado and I feel like I just have never seen other than the first year and maybe the second year, I just didn't see enough elk to really learn anything. Gotcha. And so I practiced my calling a whole bunch. Um, and I called some bulls in. So, you know, I just built confidence. I heard lots of elk vocalizations about everything you can imagine, you know, from a nervous grunt to, uh, lip balls, just, all kinds of vocalizations. Um, but when you say practice, do you mean like while you were on the hunt or like before you went on the hunt? Well, before I, yeah, oh, definitely right. before. Um, I got to ask, where do you practice without it being like in the car? I, I don't want to say weird. The car, okay. You, well, you almost have to put in earplugs though. Really? I mean, it can be loud. Um, yeah. yeah, I used to practice in the car because I used to drive a lot. Um, commuting, you know, for work. Yeah, that's where I learned how to call turkeys. Right, the same. <laughs> uh, but now I got to do it in the shop, and then you know, half the time I'm using loud tools. So I, fi- I figured it out. I I got pretty dang good at cow calling, and I can I can bugle. I'm going to say almost mediocre, not quite. <laughs> nice, good enough. <laughs> it works work on that, but all I can picture is driving by Michael in his car with a Phelps game tube coming out the window. Just... <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. I was practicing with crappy uh, diaphragms. Okay. I got Phelps diaphragms, and it was like all of a sudden I could call elk. No I, kidding. I've been, I, you know, I, I grew up in northeastern Oklahoma. You know, they don't sell elk stuff in in all the places, and so. You know, I would just go and buy whatever they had, figuring, well, I can learn on that, and then maybe I can buy something else. And then it would just be a total flop, and I would have no confidence. <coughs> and, man, I got to say, that made a difference. There, there's a difference in quality with Phelps compared to everybody else? Well, and it's probably not just Phelps, but the definitely. Bad, the higher-end yeah, calls. Definitely Primo's, the truth, <laughs> diaphragms. I just wouldn't bother the- with them. They're not very truthful. No, <laughs> nothing, nothing against Primos. But are you, those commercials are actually filmed by Phelps. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Will, Will Primos is using a Phelps call. <laughs> <laughs> well, Will Primos is having other people call his elk. Right, right, right. That's, that's He's true. Not a guy for that. <laughs> uh, oh, that's. Good. I actually like. I actually like Will Primos. So. Oh yeah. 
Heck so, yeah. He's like a good person, but Ugh. other people are calling his Elkin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I perfect. get that. He's probably earned that. So yeah. 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 It's nice when you reach that status. I don't know. But, uh, I'm sure it has pros and cons. You know, people expect you to shoot things. That's why I really like mine because people expect me to shoot nothing, and it is just right. this beautiful like. The bar I is set so low. Yeah, if I shoot a squirrel, I have exceeded the bar. The bar <laughs> yeah. is so low. When you went out and shot a bear, it was like. That's <laughs> true. Well, I'm already good for the year. Paper, <laughs> I was. I, I'll have you know, I was rooting for you. Oh, I appreciate gosh, that. Everybody was. was. That was awesome. I'm pretty happy for you. So, oh, oh I love it's good. So oh. what what else is new in your world? You've been building a lot of bows? Uh I I built quite a few this year. Yeah. I worked <clears throat> I worked uh, some burned some midnight oil this summer and um I uh yeah, built quite a few. Made it to your first ETAR this year. I did. That was a blast. That I got to time. so many people. Uh a lot of customers, a lot of people I've talked to, you know, online, my internet friends, as I call them. Right. <laughs> uh, people that fall into that awkward category. Yeah. We're yeah. friends. We've just never met. Yeah. I swear. I was <laughs> not weird. To, is it, is it Mike? Is it Verity? Is that, is that how he pronounces it? Uh, Terrible, the, I read, yeah. Yeah. So the New Jersey from, guy. The Jersey yes. guy. Yeah. 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 So he comes up and, and we talk for a little bit and uh, his significant other is there. And I'm like, I say like, so, so we're internet friends and she's like, does your wife think it's weird or something like that? And I'm like, yeah, she does. <laughs> we, <laughs> they the all do, dude. I, I was about to say at the next ETAR, <laughs> everybody needs to bring their wives just so they can vent about yeah, our internet exactly. friends. Yeah. Exactly. It's such a ride that that's a thing. That's like, a, I mean, you go to an event like Etar or Kalamazoo or Compton or something, and, and you you meet people that you talk to every day, but you've never met in person. It's just awkward. It's just weird. Yeah, but it's funny because I think it pretty much most most times you just pick right up, like you know, like you've known that person forever. It's kind of weird. Yeah, the internet well, does strange things. Yeah, good, good and bad. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got to meet uh, my. My teenage hero, Kurt Cabrera. Okay. Yeah. Oh, guru. Wow. Yeah. Guru. Yep. How long did it take you to find it normal to call him Kurt? Because, like, to this day, I have to like think twice not to say guru because well, there's so it, many it years helped. on Trad Gang. It's helped that I haven't been on Trad Gang in a while. So, yeah. You know, I see him on Facebook and stuff. So, yeah, it wasn't that bad. But I did have, I had, I had one. One internet friend that I did some hunting with, and I kept wanting to call him by his handle for a while. It was pretty funny. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, no, totally get that. There's, there's definitely people I think I know only by their handle. I have no idea what their real name is. Yeah, the def- there's definitely that. That's that's uh, that's a thing. Who would have thought Instagram would replace like Trad Gang? That that's the. <laughs> It's one of the strange things I find. Instagram is like the community hub for traditional bow hunting. When's, when's the last time you guys were on Trad Gang? Or Leatherwall? Yeah. I was, uh, it's been a while. I've, it's been like a year for me, I think. I don't they, think I've been on... Yeah, they, they updated their website, and then I couldn't get on for 
probably a couple of years. I just couldn't figure it out and didn't have time. And it's pretty quiet, I think. It, it, this is going to sound, I don't want to say more of its purpose. It served its purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Usually when I'm logging on the trad gang, it's because like, for instance, there were some people we used to know at ETAR we would see every year and I knew who they were on e- uh, trad gang. So like they were elderly at the time we knew them in ETAR and I hadn't seen them for a few years. So like I went on trad gang just to see when the last time they logged in was to, you know, see if they were still kicking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because there's only so many ways you can find that type of stuff out. Yeah. But that's usually the only reason I log on the Trad Gang these days. It sure helped me in those early days. You know. <clears throat> I and at re- that time, that was the resource, though. Yeah, I mean, I, YouTube I, I, wasn't super prevalent. Yeah, it was. YouTube was just starting. And yeah, people didn't realize you could post hunting videos then on YouTube, I think. Yeah. You know, but... Uh, yeah, definitely. I know that, you know, those guys that were posting stuff success-wise, there were some times when I was, you know, 18, 19 years old, sitting in a tree, wondering, like, <laughs> how is this ever going to happen? <laughs> you know, <laughs> what am I doing with this thing? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and and those those guys kept me in the game. and motivated me and eventually this could, out. this could be a wrong statement but you started out i don't want to say more primitive but like you kind of worked your way backwards if i remember correctly right michael i could be completely wrong here maybe i'm just oh. thinking of bows you drew designs on the limbs yeah um well i did do i did do some self bow stuff okay. i've never made my own self bow though so i don't think i could say that i was a true primitive guy and I shot carbon arrows off of Ooh, and the bow did ignite. <laughs> so definitely yeah. can't say that. I mean that's I, like trash veins on a wood arrow. It yeah, but just... I definitely I definitely shot the carbons off of them a little bit as well. I was yeah. I was definitely pondering trad veins tonight, thinking about Saturday and being like, I want to be out so bad. Can I put trad veins on wood arrows? No, no, no. I I think it was the first time I ever talked to Andy from Addictive Archery on a podcast. He was uh-huh. telling me he did that. And I'm like, it's a good thing you're a fireman because that may have spontaneously ignited. I'm just I'm, I'm just thinking like, you know, I, I'm going to have a Ziploc bag over my feathers all day if I do go out. Right. Or, or do I just and I I mean, I, I guess I could throw some carbons together quick. But. I I prefer the uh, method of dipping my feathers in water and seeing what happens. Yeah, if they still fly true, I don't worry too much. And I've and, used uh, dry fly spray. Yeah. The okay. Pow- yeah. Powder or spray? Spray, not the powder. Hmm. I've used the powder. I don't really think the powder works very well. I I have uh, I have gink, mm-hmm. and I have something else. But I don't need spray. Did you get an actual spray? Best, yeah, the best stuff. It comes in an aerosol can. It's it's like a, a green and white can, and I forget what it's called. Um, yeah, I think all my I all my stuff is like on my Instagram just because it's it works. Yeah, um, yeah, it really works. But you know, trad. I mean, if you can shoot the trad veins, I've never I, messed with them. Yeah, I've had iffy results with them when I've yeah. tried. Yeah. And that's out of setups I would consider well tuned. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've got a really good tune this year. I'm pretty excited. So, what's your? Uh, well, actually, let's go backwards because you uh, you mentioned like you know getting started with traditional archery and all that, and 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 and, and struggling for a little bit, I guess, right? Like we all do. Yep. Um, I, how, how long have you been at this? Um, I started 2006. Okay. Nice. You graduated high school. Yeah. And how long did it get you, take for you to get your first kill? Two, gonna fail. I feel like this is the perfect segue. Yeah. 2008. So two, okay, two so years, not two too years at it. Is that two seasons or three seasons? It was two seasons. So in your second season, you 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 did all right. Oh no, that would have been it. Would have been my third season. Or third season. Okay. Yeah, it's weird how those the years that you know are. I, I mean, the seasons are. In Pennsylvania, your our our uh, our hunting license is good from like July to June. It's like the fiscal year. Yeah, it's like July to June. I think is our hunting license year. Um, So that's why I always get like like we consider like right now. I have my twenty three twenty four hunting license. Does that make sense? Oh, he's froze. I was about to say I'm not sure if he's still here. No, he's definitely not. Technical difficulties. One uh, moment. Long, pause. awkward silence. Oh, can you hear me? Now gotcha. we can hear you. Okay. <laughs> My goodness, I'm sorry. No worries at all. No it's worries. Just our Wi-Fi. Just yeah. You know. Anyway, so yeah, 2006 was was a uh, a very novice year. It was just a lot of fun. <laughs> Can you think of anything about, particularly novice that you did? I know that sounds weird, but oh, like anything? How about uh, just everything? All of it, right? <laughs> That's how my first year Number was. One, it was a mess. Howard Hill Longbow. <laughs> Not your first choice. Not your first choice. That's like expert level, right? <laughs> Number two. So overbowed it was ridiculous. What weight were you drawn? Eighty. <laughs> oh, well, no, I was probably drawing 65. I was probably drawing 65 or 70, you know, drawing it like 26 inches. Uh, way over spine on my arrows. You know, I went down to the shop. They're like 80 pounds. Oh, well, here's some 300. Then I put 125 grain tips on them. No, oh, perfect. So way over spine. Up yeah. to 28 um, inches, probably. <laughs> you know, not to mention I I was still just new to hunting, you know. I'd, I'd killed like three or four deer with a compound and one with a uh, shotgun. My first one was with a shotgun, but yeah. And this is Oklahoma. So, yeah, this, this is Oklahoma. Yeah. So what was, what was the hunting like? Was it ma- mainly like agricultural or, or were you getting in some woods? Uh, it was woods. Yeah. A lot okay. of cattle ranching. Okay. You know, right. around. And so no, no real agriculture to speak of within miles. Okay. Okay. Just cattle. Yeah. This, this is going to be a slightly different question, but I feel like we're working up this way. Was there anything in particular that you made big strides with, like things that you learned that just really the first, the first year, uh, just like the first oh, couple years that okay. just accelerated yeah, the process for sure, for sure t- um, tuning. That's you know that's where like tracking and the internet helped me, right? You know, just arrow tuning. Um, yeah, just learning to hunt, learning to have reasonable expectations. Yeah. You know, yeah. When I, 
back then in Oklahoma, it was the age structure was awful. We had a three buck limit. Oh my! You know, we got rifle and muzzle during the rut, and it just—I mean, there were no, there was no age structure. It was probably like hunting the worst of Pennsylvania or Michigan. You know, at least where I was. Now I'm sure there were some other areas where it was better, but you know. So I was just thinking about this, talking with a friend about it, because what you know. We're talking about how, you know, the public land that we hunt together is getting, you know, I wouldn't say overrun yet, but it's probably got double the pressure that it did, you know, when we first started hunting it. And I was like, you know, actually, I think we hit it just right because we got to see Oklahoma at its peak. Okay. And we got to see the progression. Like when we, when both of us started hunting around 2002, Oklahoma didn't sell hardly any non-resident tags because nobody wanted to come hunt with the Forkies. <laughs> and then we put some management objectives into place and just, I mean, nothing major, just, you know, reduced a couple things, got a little more conservative. And then people realized, you know, age structure and, and the potential there a little bit at the same time. And we got to really see it get, pretty decent and um the way it's going it's not going to be that way i was about to say so it sounds like you're on the downhill side of it i would say we i would say we're slowly yeah on the downhill side of it yeah do you you think hunting's taking a uh an upturn like more and more people are getting interested in it I mean, I always hear hunting numbers are down but I, i don't see it i see a lot of people like it's 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 on a like a, a popularity yeah. uh, incline. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, obviously I Western hunting that, definitely is, but. I think overall, very few places have less hunting pressure than they did. And what they, what they don't tell you in those statistics is they, they don't talk about this. They don't talk about expansion of housing developments and industry property loss and reduction in habitat yeah yep. habitat loss they don't talk about that so and they're going off of a, a percentage of the population also mm-hmm. a lot of times so yeah i don't i think that r3 over the last and hey maybe i'm a product of r3 but over the last 25 years even 40 years it's just been really successful um and yeah it's it's funny when success is a bad thing <laughs> but it's starting to get that people, way yeah i've heard of a very few people like um i've talked to people in upstate new york or maybe it's not upstate new york maybe it's some other places in new york okay that they say there's less pressure and then i'm trying to think of another place it, it's it's um, definitely in pennsylvania where i grew up it's definitely not like it was pennsylvania probably be another one yeah, so you know why? Because they're coming to Kansas and Oklahoma. <laughs> you know that's why, <laughs> dude. Ser- seriously, like when I was a kid, and good and good for them, you know. Yeah, yeah, right. And when I was a kid, there was cars like we didn't know who they were parked up and down the roads where people just pull over and go hunting on your property. It was insane. Um, and it's not like that anymore. It's definitely calmed down. 
but I mean, there's, there's haunters everywhere. There's definitely, I mean, it's definitely, maybe it took a dive in the late nineties, but I definitely say there's a resurgence. I mean, it's hard to get tags now. It's never been hard to get tags before. Yeah. And the other thing is we're bow hunters. So we've seen the worst of it. Right. 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 I mean, the absolute, there's just no question that there's, double triple quadruple and more uh you know bow pressure than i was gonna say the the general thing i always hear is hunting's dying as a whole but bow hunting is within the hunting community bow hunting's up but but that but that being said i i i ran uh the archery program in our sportsman's club i couldn't get one person to show up for our shoots for the last three years well, that's that's a whole different issue that involves horizontal versus vertical that we won't get into. Cross guns. And yeah, that we won't get into because yeah. that could be a three hour tangent. <laughs> right, right. No, that, that's that's definitely the case. I mean, um right. but there there is a, a new store that opened here, like locally, it's about a half hour away from my place. And um man, they're doing a great job promoting archery. Like lots um, of lots of compound. I mean, it's mainly compound shooters, but it's awesome because they're hunting with bows. They're not hunting with crossbows. They're actually promoting yeah. archery. And it's cool to see that so many people turning out for shoots and stuff. They're doing like night shoots and all kinds of cool stuff. So it's really neat. So I feel like night know, shoots might be a dangerous path to teach people. But... Well, they, they did. Uh, it wasn't really. It was. Uh, they had a. They had well, a, well uh, yeah, they they have lights and stuff at those. Compound they they did. Yeah. They had. They had a, if they have a shoot out of your truck practice station we no. should probably <laughs> no it was uh it, they had steel they had steel targets remember the one i nuked a couple arrows on it yeah they had a bunch of those set up and they had like spotlights on them and like glow sticks and stuff and it was who could hit them while there was a concert going on this is the night before our archery season opened up they had like a big party oh, oh that it, sounds really fun yeah it was kind of cool it was neat um but yeah so so it's nice to you, see that kind know, of that kind of promotion of it yeah, my wife shoots a compound, um, and, and she shoots a recurve also, mm-hmm. but, you know, she's confident and ethical with that compound. That's all that matters. You know, absolutely deadly out to, out to probably 25 or 30 yards, you know, and that's, that's about her. Heck yeah. That's her archery. Zone, you know. It's archery still. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that. That's archery. Right. Yeah. And one neat thing about Kansas. And Oklahoma to a lesser extent, but Kansas has a pretty good vertical bow culture. Like, you know, there, you know, there are a lot of people that use crossbows. I think they were legalized around the early 2000 teens, but there's way more people that have stuck with the, the compound. That's awesome. That culture there. That's good to hear. Yeah. It's, it is not that way here, but <laughs> Yeah, same right, and in a lot of places. Yeah. yeah, same same with PA. Everybody's got a shoulder injury all of a sudden. I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, I think, I think archery, be it shooting a compound or shooting a recurve longbow, whatever, it's fun. I, why yeah. wouldn't you want to do that? Mm-hmm. But well, and you know what's kept that culture is a lot of people giving people crap. That's what's kept it. So, you know, like when people get down on on people for speaking their mind on the issue, I. You know, my hackles, you know, turn up because that's what keeps tradition. You didn't have that. You know who didn't have that is muzzleloading. Muzzleloading didn't have enough old crusties. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. And look at it now. Like, <laughs> so, so actually, the the hunt that I went on the elk hunt, it was a muzzleloader tag. Okay. So I brought a I brought two percussion muzzleloaders. Sweet. And I didn't shoot an elk because I was shooting a percussion muzzleloader, and I was a little dumb. But it was because of the percussion. It it failed on me. Um, I had a shot, and that trip was so wet. It oh. rained and rained and rained and rained. Oh, man. And it was just a struggle. I was having to unload it every time and then use my camp stove to heat it up. And then, you know, first thing in the morning and then reload it. And then by the end of the day, you know, when I'd shoot it, half the time I'd get like a hang fire, which if you aren't familiar with that, it, basically that means your cap goes off and then there's a slight delay and then your gun goes off. That sounds lovely. Yeah. I'm I'm yeah, a, I'm so, a, really into flintlocks. I we we have a really good flintlock season oh, here in Pennsylvania. So that that's, that's even next level. That's one of my favorite things. I love it. Yeah, I gained a lot of respect for people that use primitive muzzle loading. Oh, it's so fun! Uh, I love it. Yeah, we got a good crew. Yeah, I don't know that I love it. Shoot together, but... it's fun. <laughs> oh, it's cool. It's yeah. it's like traditional archery. It's it. You know, I mean, it's got it, it's it similar very aspects. Much yeah. yeah. Um. And it, it's especially fun if you got a bunch of dudes that want to shoot all summer long together, and it's it you shooting steel and mm-hmm. stuff. It's a, oh, it's such a good time. You you have to practice. You have to yeah. know your weapon. Yep. But but yeah, I uh, basically I I got real smart and decided that I was going to wrap my nipple on the gun with saran wrap because it just had rained and snowed and then rained and snowed. Yeah. And so you know how everything melts and every time you brush a tree, it's you know you're wet. So basically I, I overdid it. And I, the funny thing is I did this like 20 minutes before I got the shot <laughs> naturally. And I was just fine probably, <laughs> but I was like, no, it can't get wet. And then basically the Saran wrap, you know, and I tried to, I had tested it the night before, but I guess I didn't do it right. Oh, such a bummer. And then I pulled it back in and a click. What? So, would you put saran wrap over the cap? Just yeah, just like one layer. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And then yeah. I kind of like pushed it in around the edge. Yeah. Um, Boy, that sounds like a really good idea. That's what I thought. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> good idea. Didn't play. I don't see. I, I, don't even, see I even like took a twenty minutes before this happened. I took a little video of it because I thought I was so slick. And I sent it to like one or two people, and then, and then like I called one of them. I was like, "Well, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that." Uh, oh, what a, what a shot to the! Oh my oh, goodness, that, that's too good. I'll tell you what, man. That sounds like a stellar idea to me. I like yeah, it. Yeah. Just got to find the right well, Saran I, wrap. Try store brand, a little thinner. I love a good a good Elmer Fudd moment. Yeah, I, I, you know, learning moments, teaching had moments. It. I've had lots of them, so yeah. But everybody has one at some point, so oh, that's oh, good. So uh, I I don't know how many tangents we've tacked on here. Uh, I was slowly getting to your first traditional kill earlier. Yes, earlier. Yes. I felt like that's what oh. we were leading up to. Yeah, so my first traditional kill. <laughs> oh, sounds like a good story already. <laughs> oh, oh. oh uh, November. 19th i think it was 2008 it was the day before gun season um 
by this point I had missed two or three. Um, I, I shot a spike or a fork, fork horn in the back strap, just real high, barely, you know, almost just a grazing shot. Educt the string. You know, that's another thing. That's another thing I really had to figure out <clears throat> early on. Um, oh, and I'd missed a doe at like 12 yards. And I was shooting split finger, which what happens with split finger sometimes is it's a little easier. And this is why I switched to three under. It's just a little easier to freak out with the tip of the arrow on the animal or get the tip of the arrow too close. And then it looks right. And it's not right. <laughs> you know, you just made a 50 yard point on real quick. <laughs> exactly. So, so that happened. Um, and then. I go out and I'm thinking, well, this is another one of those years. What am I going to do? Can I even get this done? And I go out and there's this doe. I stocked up on this doe. Found the dumbest doe in the county, basically. <laughs> stocked up on it. And I shot. And I hit a branch. And this doe, like, looks at the branch. And, like, you know, bounds a few yards. And I shoot again. I hit another branch, <laughs> right? And then I can't remember if I, I can't remember how many arrows I shot. That's just sad. I know I had a six arrow quiver. I might've shot another shot. I can't remember. But like on the third or fourth shot, it was my last possible window. She was going to go into this thick brush and I shoot. And it's like, guts oh it's not oh. a good shot so now I'm like crap oh, no oh no you know this is this is even worse than missing right right so i ended up i ended up finding her the next the next morning and uh but yeah that's my, <laughs> my first that's the gut shot though <laughs> and uh. i got taken to the check station show up with all these guys shooting these Bucks with their rifles, and I was just—they were like, "You shot a doe." Well, yes, with a recurve. With a recurve, they're like, "Oh, <laughs> a little far back." I'm like, well, <laughs> look at the yeah. positive guys. It was a recurve. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too good. Oh, that was my first. Do you awesome. remember what setup you were using that day? I was using a recurve that I had built, um, about 60 some pounds and gold tip arrows and Wenzel Woodsman heads. Nice. Yep. yep. That's awesome. You were building bows that early. I built like two and only one of them was any good. Okay. So and I, I had a friend, um, an older guy that built bows. His name's Steve Lamb. He lives in northeastern Oklahoma, and he was like, "If you want to build a bow, I'll I'll help you build a bow." And so we built. I I kind of tried to build one, and then then I glued one together, and he helped me finish it. <laughs> and that's the one that shot. <laughs> good oh, enough. That's good. Good time. Yep. Oh, and I had a follow up question about that, but I don't know. The the first one's always the the most most enjoyable it's so uh, so fun and such a ride they're always a just a train wreck and yeah you know <laughs> yeah. after uh what was it 
Matt told his story and it was a button buck. And then I feel like the very next one we heard, it was also a button buck. And I almost put out on our Insta story asking how many feet people's first deer were first button bucks. Button buck. Cause they, yeah. they're exactly like you just described. They're not the smartest, uh, no. No. <laughs> smartest units out there. They are perfect. They will come, for into a, come into a doe bleed. Cause I will also say mine was a button. Buck. <laughs> Your first one was a, so. I've gotten lucky. I haven't gotten one yet. Um, like, you know, I, I know a lot of people who've shot what they thought were was a doe and it's a button buck or or little tiny spikes that you can't see, you know. Um Yeah. I've never I've never shot a button buck, but I did shoot one that literally had spots all over it <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> it was really dark. I totally did not see uh <sighs> any of the spots. And then I walked up on it and I was like, Oh my goodness. Oh, I had a buddy. I had a buddy that did that. Uh, he he was hunting our property and he shot one. Like he got in the woods, like thirty feet, and it ran by and he shot it. And it, <laughs> and he calls me and he's like, "I just got a deer." It's the first time he ever hunted our property. And I go down to see him and I'm like, "Holy shit, you shot my dog!" And he's like, "Ah, I didn't have anything to. I didn't have anything to compare it to. I thought it was big." <laughs> it's like. <laughs> and the best Let me just tuck it. that in my backpack real well, quick. He just got pissed and just drug it out of there with one hand. It was so funny. Oh, oh, and and the best part is I posted that thing on Trad Gang, and uh, and there were some people not very happy about that, which is understandable. You know, yeah. I get it. <laughs> you know that, that that's something that the the traditional community is pretty lenient and easygoing about busting somebody's balls about shooting a small buck or, or a small doe yes. because I mean, especially, I, especially a while ago, recently, I think that the, the trash talk has died down a little bit. Yeah. I'd say over so. that even in the overall hunting community, but yeah, especially during that time when quality deer management was becoming a big thing. Yeah. Say the yeah. Same and, thing. and when I talk about realistic expectations, that that's why I didn't shoot uh, a deer well, it's one of the reasons why I didn't shoot deer. I mean, I passed up some forkhorns and spikes. Yeah. And, um, you know, after a year or two of that, I was like, well, I, I got to learn how to use this equipment and mm-hmm. not seeing anything bigger. So, yeah, you know, have realistic expectations for your area. Good, good advice for the beginner. I, I said this uh, a couple episodes ago, but the trophy is the method. Yeah. Yes, in traditional yeah. archery. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my. That's I. I mean, I get more ex- like just the 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 way of doing it is is more exciting to me than the end result. I just I love right. traditional archery. I love shooting those bows. I love you know, and that challenge that challenge is is it's next level. It really is. I forgot who yeah, said and it. And like, uh, I want to I want to say it was it may have been Colton. This is, I think, on my podcast. Maybe it was just something I listened to. But I think he, he may have been the one that said, you can't get good at killing stuff without killing stuff. That's a good that's a good point. It's not going to go well all the time, but there's only one way to get better, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Well, and recently there's been a lot of people come in who have a lot of bow hunting knowledge already. They normally do really well, you know. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that. I was learning everything at the same time, right? learning how to hunt and learning how to use traditional equipment 
Went with so. the easiest method right off the get go. Good, yeah, good right. call. But you know, the, the most frustrating thing about my elk hunt, even though it's cool to carry an old cushion rifle around, not in the rain, it's not. But the worst thing is I saw all these grouse, so many grouse, more <laughs> oh. grouse than I've ever seen. And I couldn't shoot one of them. You couldn't do your influencer <laughs> thing and shoot a grouse. I know. Well, yeah, I've been guilty of that. <laughs> don't don't look a gift horse in the mouth is what they it's say. It's right? nice in the grouse I haven't shot, so I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> right. There's no judgment here. Yeah. And, I, and I miss carrying my bow around. You know, yeah. There, it's, there it's is fun. something special about carrying one through the woods. Definitely. It's, it, it's different. Is. I don't know. You kind of get that same feeling with the muzzleloader, an old school one, like, you know. A little I, bit. Yeah, I kind of feel bit. like Jeremiah Johnson when I'm trucking through the woods uh-huh. in the snow with my flintlock. I feel pretty good about myself. <laughs> do you give every other hunter you come across the Jeremiah Johnson? Nod? I do though. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's the, All right. the that's the theme of many memes is him doing them. Oh yeah, <laughs> the, the nod of approval. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I ran into. I uh, didn't run into very many other hunters, but I ran into one pair of hunters and one of them was like you know we actually have an extra one at the cabin if you wanted to borrow it and i was like no they're watching me heat this barrel up on my stove (laughs) i'm like no i'm having fun but thank you i swear i wanted to do this (laughs) yeah right uh so uh what fun plans for the uh upcoming months here um, just healing up from surgery and then whitetail hunting and, um, Oklahoma and Kansas pretty much. Nice. So do you, do you have a target of how soon you want to get out? Yeah. Halloween weekend. Halloween weekend. Yeah. Perfect. I'm, I'm going to try to play it safe, but yeah, the tw- Halloween the, weekend, I'm going to be pretty bummed if I can't climb the, a tree. The 28th is one of my favorite dates. I've killed a lot of deer on the 28th and it happens to be on a saturday this year so i'm really excited about that that's awesome yeah number one day for me november 17th 17th huh mm-hmm. 17th 18th 18th and 19th would be real close contenders yeah, yeah. on bucks on you know on bucks i love i love that halloween weekend that's my favorite and the first the first week in November, that whole like you know from Halloween to then is awesome. I love it. Yeah, but yeah. So looking forward to it. Definitely. Um, are you hunting bow the rest of the season, or do you have anything else going on? Are you taking the the muzzleloader back out or anything like that? I thought about it. I might. Yeah. I you know I've got a I've got a bone to pick with it now. <laughs> You know, the unfortunate part is you can't say, well, my feathers will get wet today. I'll take the muzzle loader. It's right. almost better to go with the bow right. on those days. Dude, you know what ran through my mind? I was like, people used to fight wars with this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Like, can you imagine fighting? No. You know, Native Americans? No. Did you ever, did you ever watch, what's that, what's that, uh, the movie with Mel Gibson? Is it The Patriot? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Th- yeah. Those dudes are sitting there staring at each other, loading as fast as they can before the other guy gets <laughs> yeah. loaded. Oh, so oh yeah. First. Let, let alone like standing in a line shooting at each other. Oh, you just know. hoping Lord. your gun goes off. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Right. Yeah. The whole lining up and walking towards each other and shooting each other never made a whole lot of sense to me. But can you imagine who would volunteer you know to stand in the front row? Like that just seemed like a bad place. 
Yeah. But you know what? At least when they had wars, you could have a victory back then. Now, yeah, you know, yeah, that's a good point. And World War One was the lesson there. Like, was it four years of fighting and a few hundred yards of progress? Yeah. Now we have. Now we have cowards with with IEDs and drones. Well, we won't talk about them. No, <laughs> I was about to say, this has been a very in depth conversation. <laughs> yeah. I, have, I have some good stories, though. Oh, what do you got? Let's hear it. Us up. Okay. So, do you want to hear about the surprise hunting guest? Or do you want to hear about me and my wife doubling? Pretty exciting. Yes. Or, okay. <laughs> All of them. What was the third one? Okay. Well, I, didn't, I didn't let you get that out of your mouth. We won't, we won't go there. It's a good story. I tell It'll that one first. in person. It's a, it's a good story. We'll save that for the next episode. <laughs> yeah. The uh-huh. Elmer Fudd moments. But, um, so last year, Amanda and I shot our two biggest bucks on the same day. Oh, oh freaking sweet. Yeah, and it was pretty awesome. And we actually got an invite from a friend of mine. And, you know, that's the reason that that, that all happened. Um, but that was that was super exciting. Um, so she shoots her buck. And we had hung her stand that day with, with this friend. His name's Andrew. Um, and like we were, we were really, it was, it was cold. It was November 13th. Um, we're pretty excited. And when, anytime I'm hunting with anybody, especially if it's on their turf, I just, you know, I let them make all the rules. I just, you know, try to, you're just there. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just there to, you know, not get in their way and make sure I'm, you know, hunting the way they like to hunt. And you learn some things doing that. Um, so he put me on a field edge, which is something I would, I don't, I've never really hunted field edges. I haven't had good luck on field edges. And so I was thinking, you know, I were hunting this. I might be, I'd probably be over there. And this big buck comes from, you know, after my wife shoots, the buck I shot came from exactly where I would have been. But I learned something because I'm, I'm aggressive. And I probably would have spooked him because the wind was not being, it was swirling, you know, or switching. I probably wouldn't have killed that buck where I would have been. So I learned, you know, something about my hunting style that I need to work on is instead of being exactly where I think the most action takes place i should take a bigger you know a bigger bigger picture view and think about you know just maybe be a little less aggressive think about how do i get in here without spooking anything right so that was that was eye-opening for me um yeah if you're hunting with people that know what they're doing even if even if you feel like you do know what you're doing it's it's worth paying attention because everybody's got different styles and you can learn some things. If you just you know, sit back and think about things from a different perspective. So 
But anyway, my so my wife shoots a buck and she texts me, and my phone's going dead. It's really cold. It's about to die. And so I'm trying to figure out where she shot and what we should do, and then my phone dies. And then I see this buck come, and I watched him come from across the field. He probably walked probably three or four hundred yards across this field, worked a scrape for about five minutes probably, and then came angling, you know, out of the field essentially and gave me probably a 25-yard shot. And I don't know if, well, both of us got lucky on our shots, myself especially. Um, I took the shot as he was walking. I don't know why last year I've, I've always been a, a, a bleat to stop person. An animal's walking, I bleat to stop. Reason being, I know they're going to react now, for one thing. I know they're going to duck. I can plan for that at least. It's not yep. a wild card anymore. Um, how much? Who knows? But they're going to duck, right? But I didn't last year. I had, I had another chance later in the year where I didn't stop a deer, and I should have. I had one opening and I thought I had another opening later, you know, further down and I didn't. Um, but anyway, so I didn't stop him and I shot right for, I aimed for like right in front of the scapula. And that's exactly where I hit. And I got the jugular. Uh. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a, it was a clean, quick kill, but <laughs> it was lucky also. And I don't know if he stopped. And so my lead was no good. Okay. Which is see what you're high, saying, is a possibility. Yeah. Or if I just shot too far to the right, I don't know. So How, was he moving in a good hunt? clip? No, just, just the standard, you know, just a walk. Buck. Yeah. The, the buck, the slow walk. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So, but that was real exciting and wow. got to share that with friend and, can't thank him enough for having us out. Amanda got done early, which is nice because she will hunt hard, but she doesn't like the cold. It's it's hard on her. And she had had two really tough years. She's got a lot more patience than I do. She's passed up a lot of a lot of deer. Um, and but as you as I was just saying, realistic expectations for where you're hunting, you know. She was passing up the, the biggest deer in the area and just didn't realize it. Okay. You know. uh, or, or the, you know, some of the bigger deer in the area. We, you know, we had some small properties to hunt type thing. But <laughs> now you said you, she day. got lucky on her shot too. I was just curious to know how that, where, where'd she, her, end shot, up? Her, her shot was too far back. Okay. We had to find it the next morning. Yeah. But, uh, and normally she's, you know, she's just makes perfect shots. So that was probably her first, probably her first iffy shot. So, so I think she learned something about her effective range because you practice, you know, she practices out to 40 and 50 with her compound, but, you know, so it's because you, you know, <laughs> Your deer made me think of a question I like to ask occasionally. Do you like it when deer come in quick or slow? Everybody seems to have a different opinion on this. <laughs> I mean, I, def I definitely shoot better when they come in quick. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You I'm know? the same way. Yeah. I d it's really neat to watch them, though. 
I mean, yeah, you learn it, stuff. It really is. Yeah. You know what I don't like is standing and, and something I need to practice is standing over an animal that I've stalked for a long period of time. Like I get, I get tunnel vision, you know, like, like mule deer or, or my moose, you know, you're, you're looking at this animal for 45 minutes yeah, and you just, you almost have to like avert your gaze. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I have to practice that. That makes me, I think it makes me, you know, the tension builds up and then I, Target panic kicks in and can go badly. All right, buddy, let's go. Special so guest. So the surprise, the surprise hunting guest. Yes. Yeah. So um, it is sometime around 2014, and I've tagged out on bucks, and I had this this younger patient that I had taken care of um, lost both legs in a tragic accident and you know partial paralysis just a just a sad situation yeah and he was really into he was really into bow hunting i mean he was he was a young young kid and so i kind of followed him even though i wasn't taking care of him because he was not he he couldn't really use prosthetics but i kind of you know we became friends over over hunting really and, you know, he reached out, someone reaches out to me. I try to keep him professional, but, you know, yeah, exactly. I'll, I'll reach back out. Um, so anyway, we, we talked, you know, quite a bit just about hunting. And he, uh, you know, I kind of helped him. He got a, a uh, four-wheel, you know, power wheelchair. And he started uh, bow hunting with compound and had some success. And that was exciting. Well, then I see that he's shooting a recurve. Oh, even cooler. I'm like, no way. That's awesome. So, and he had been hunting on, you know, another place. And I was, you know, hunting out of blinds a lot. And I want to say he reached out to me and asked about blinds or something. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, But somehow we we got in contact. So I thought. Um. And I was like, well, why don't I just put you in one of my spots? And he's like, that's awesome. And so we set up. I was like, well, let's, let's meet, you know, when, when can you meet? So I meet him, you know, like on a Friday or Saturday morning, you know, probably a Saturday morning. And it's like early November. And I, I, I'm meeting him at this quick trip gas station, which is like the Casey's type thing. And I get there. And I'm expecting, like, he said he drives. So I'm expecting a, you know, a handicap-type vehicle, right? And I don't see one. So I text him. I'm like, are you here? He's like, yeah, I'm here. I'm like, what are you driving? He's like, I'm in this, you know, car that any of us would drive, right? Certainly not handicap-equipped. I'm like, what? I thought, well, maybe, maybe someone's dropping him off, right? So, like, well, well, I'm in this vehicle. I'm getting out right now. So I get out, and this kid gets up, walks out of the car, and comes and shakes my hand. And at this point, I'm like, what is going on? Well, it wasn't the same person. 
It was someone with a very similar name and a very similar look. <laughs> actually, this actually the same first name. And you know, I was just like, "Wait a minute, what?" <laughs> and I didn't know what to do. So I was like, "What do you want to follow me?" He's like, "Well, we can ride together." I'm like, "Oh, great, okay." And this is the guy shooting the recurve, though. Okay. Oh yeah, he's shooting the recurve. Okay. Do you know who this guy is at this point? No, I have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) But you gotta totally play it off. I know his first name because was it Tyler? Same first name. No, it wasn't Tyler. No, no. We we really haven't kept in touch actually. (laughs) So so I'm like, great. Well, let's go. So I bring him out. I put him on my best stand. I mean, it really was my best stand. And he sees like absolutely nothing. And, you know, I, it's, it's one of those hot early November days where nothing's happening. You think it's going to be good and it's not. So, you know, I, I, <laughs> I drop him off the whole ride there. Doesn't say a word of things. Right? Not once. And then, you know, I, I drop him off. He's like, well, uh, when are you going to say something like, when are you going to put me in your good spot or something? He was joking. Okay. But I was like, that was my good spot. <laughs> <laughs> and so we never kept in touch. <laughs> so the moral of the story is, if someone advise you hunting, say thank you. <laughs> not once, you know? not one thank you at all. No, not, I don't think so. No. That's got to be awkward. And he's a nice guy. I mean, he's a nice guy. And and so I I, I halfway thought about it, and then I I, I thought about it again. I was like, no, no, (laughs) you are not a hunting buddy. (laughs) You may be a great person. We're never hunting together again. (laughs) If you're listening to this, and you strangely went on one hunt with Michael, it might be you. You know who you are. You know who you are. (laughs) So should have said thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that is obviously checkbox one for Michael's hunting buddy list. Oh, that's such a riot. That's freaking hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, there's some not everybody makes good uh good hunting buddies with you, but they may make great hunting buddies with somebody else, you know. True. True story. Somebody who likes I... to talk a bunch of crap, you know, maybe they're not for you. Maybe you get offended like me. You know, I, I'd still love to so, see your face when he started walking to you. Oh that, my goodness! You're right. Yeah, so I actually, so I actually reached out to the kid because the kid was shooting a recurve, and you know, so you know, we we talked, and, and he actually did just fine and had places to go. But it was, uh, it's just a. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That is hilarious. <laughs> oh, that is too good. I, I that don't was back know. when I took I, I tried to take a lot of people during that twenty third probably twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen time frame. Yeah, I I took a lot of people out in the woods, and I just realized that that's nice that's nice to do, but you know, it's just not my thing. Yeah, <laughs> all I can think of right now is after he didn't say thank you, you should have just creeped him out. Not to sound weird, but do you have feet? Just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he had no idea. 
He has no idea <laughs> the oh. mental gymnastics I was doing. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. He, he probably he probably thought I was an asshole too. Yeah. That was just like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what am I gonna do here? <laughs> this guy looks like he's been confused this entire day. <laughs> oh, that is hilarious. Oh my gosh. Oh, that is that is too good. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh yeah, good times. Love it. That is that is good. That is good stuff. Hey. Sounds like you're uh he's having a good time. You got another guest there. Is that my dog? Yeah, you can hear him. He's like in that uh, room. As long as he's happy, it's all that matters. Exactly. We we're we're not too picky here. You know, I was kind of been with me all day, so I was thinking about that the other day. Yeah, occasionally, like the podcast will get a compliment, and it's always like, you know, I really like your guys's podcast. I don't have to think. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, is that I good? think that I think that's supposed to be a compliment, but at the same time, I'm not oh sure. God. Are they onto us? Do they realize we're just idiots? Well, I'm not the best person to do a podcast with. Sometimes. It- you know, and with the connection issues we had, I feel like this is a, a little bit slower, but no, it's good. <laughs> no, no, that <laughs> is fine. This oh has been good. God. It's a riot. You don't get to hear a wrong. <laughs> that, that's a, uh, yeah, that's a once that, in a lifetime a right there. Oh, that yeah. is too good. Oh. So Schaefer, when are you going to, when are you going to come out and hunt Oklahoma and Kansas? Oh man, I, I'm just excited. I get to go to Pennsylvania this year. I'm, I'm trying to take it okay. one step All at right. a time. Okay, the, uh, I think he's becoming a traveler. You're not invited. Thanks, I, thank you. I, <laughs> I got plans. Well, I got to go to New Jersey and hunt or something. Yeah, I, I think I'm well, going to do the the bear hunt this upcoming year one more time, and then after that, I'm going to really start. Uh, basically, just that 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 would be like my week for hunting. And mm-hmm. I kind of yeah. told myself yeah. I want to do the bear hunt one more time. Hopefully, my dad gets a bear this time around. And then after that, Only I want to so start. Ex- so I want to put the the money and the vacation time into a different hunt going forward. After what do you want to do? Upcoming, I don't know yet. I I could see going somewhere for whitetails. I could see maybe something out west, but. Yeah. It probably wouldn't. It probably wouldn't be elk because that's a whole nother level of money. But get some cow tags. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you, your video dropped out and you're awfully quiet there for a second, Michael. I'm like, is he here? <laughs> My video's done. I, I, I'm okay. On the phone that's, now. That's fine. I yeah. Gave, I gave up on that. As long I, as we know, we're yeah. good. I don't need antlers. I, I would that. happily do a cow tag. I yeah, would love to I figure mean, out a way fun. to do moose affordably. Uh, I don't think that's affordable. Well, well I, it probably affo- is. Just... Affordable with air quotes around it. Yeah. You know, I, me and a friend were just talking about that. Nothing's affordable anymore. No. No. You know, I'm looking, I'm trying to look at this and that, you know, I, I want to do a caribou hunt. Yeah, that'd be cool. I could I could have done it when I was, you know, when I was 25 wasn't making any money at all i probably could have done it because it was right. that much cheaper you know right and now i'm just like you know could i yeah do do i do i feel responsible spending that much money no right right not at all 
I think I was listening to the Kafaru cast, and Aaron Snyder mentioned like a billy goat hunt was like eighty grand. It was just something out astronomical. Probably probably talking more sheep. Probably sheep. Uh, Yeah, it could have. I don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's that expensive now. (laughs) It it was one of those mountainous creatures way out west. Yeah, but probably sheep. Regardless, I was just like, wow, I can't even fathom that. Yeah, so so I'm watching all these YouTube videos. I really want to do Australia, just because I want be to awesome. see the place. Same with Alaska. Yeah. I just want to see the place, if nothing else, right? Um, but like you know, that's all commercialized now. Yeah. Right, so it's doable, maybe. We'll, we'll look into it, but it's uh. It's really unfortunate. Yeah, it's it's really unfortunate when something that seems good starts out good, but then it ends up completely destroying prices. Ugh. Right. Yeah. Not to but then I was looking at caribou. No. So I, I, I look. You know, I'm looking into the Hall Road and a couple other. I'm just trying to do some research, trying to figure out what I can do because caribou is kind of a dying thing. From what I understand, it's there's fewer caribou than there were. Okay, yeah. You know, the hunting is is not as good as it was, and seems like it's a downward trend in caribou numbers, generally speaking. So I want to get it done before it gets even worse. So I'm looking it at the tall be. road, right? And <laughs> I'm watching these videos. Videos. And the more the more amateur the videos are, the better. I agree. That's when you figure out what it's actually going to be like for you to go and do this thing, right? And this this kid, you know, goes out there and like he can't get gas. <laughs> he can't buy gas, and you know he gets like halfway stranded. Uh, I'm like, oh, that sounds like a lot. Um. And then, and then I watched this uh, this other one. I, I sent two videos to this buddy, and the second one I was like, "Oh, I shouldn't have sent him that second one." And it's this guy, and and actually one of the guys has a stick bow in it. And they go in one year, they hunt grizzly bear, moose, woodland caribou, I think mountain goat. Wow! Like in one season. Wow! I'm like, who, who are these people? <laughs> How'd they do that? And, and there might have been there might have been one I missed. I, I'm like, that's like that's like two years like, of pay, to, you know, of, like of, a, of pay for some people. Yeah, for a lot like of people, a, it's like a hundred grand worth of tags. I think it's more than that. Is it? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, probably 150. Oh. Because you're talking Canada, which yeah. is more expensive because you have to have an outfitter. Yeah. You know, it's price fixed. You know, it's, it's, you know, there's other, you know, people, people have terms for it, but, you know. So anyway, <laughs> I was like, I shouldn't have sent him that video. He calls me, he's like, what was that video you sent me? I'm like, I know, I know. <laughs> oh, that's too good. Uh, I kind of want to watch that. kid on the hall road and then, and then, and then the. Uh, and it was a beautiful hunt. It looked like an amazing trip. Um, and they did a great job with the video too. But anyway, so, so random question: hey, 
Mm -hmm. Either of you know how tasty caribou is? I feel like I've never heard any uh, judgment on caribou. Like, I know moose is really good. Never had it. I had, yeah, I've heard um, mixed reviews for sure. Okay. And I think certain times of the year, they're not good. All right. I've never heard if caribou are tasty or not. They probably aren't as tasty as moose. Okay. I would say it seems like every animal you, you have raving reviews or you hear bad things, but I can honestly say I've never heard anything about caribou before. I've had moose. Yeah. It's good. Moose is delicious. Yes. Yeah. Moose aren't my animal though. Um, I don't think I'll hunt them again. I think they're really neat, but I think I'll save those for people that love moose, you know, because they're just, they don't get me excited. Like, some other animals. Well, you know what you like. Nothing wrong with that. No. I'd be Antelope curious. Antelope are really fun. Antelope? Yeah. That's kind of what I would think about. I don't know. Depends on if I were to go out west, I think real thinking about it realistically from a financial standpoint, mm-hmm. antelope would probably be the the ticket. Yep. I would agree. You'll see a lot of animals. They're fascinating animals. And the best part is we don't know very much about them. Like they haven't been commercialized like everything else. So most people, you know, we're still in the, you know, like imagine being in the 1980s hunting whitetails. People were just learning what scrapes are. You know, that's, that's where we're at with antelope. So you just learn all kinds of things in a natural way, not from a, you know, a YouTube video or, a, you know, an app. Right. It's pretty cool. True woodsmanship. I mean, yeah. prairie ship, if you... If you <laughs> prairie prairie <laughs> ship, yeah. yeah. Plainsmanship. That's good. Plainsmanship. There we go. Plainsmanship. Uh, yeah. Waterhole ship. <laughs> yeah, well, and there's different ways to hunt them, too, you know. Yeah. Bot and stock is not, not very good odds, but it's a lot of fun, and you learn a lot. As, and you don't have to sit in the blind. That's super hot. I feel like in my head, that's what I would want to do. Spot and stocks. Jeez, yeah. dude. I, I don't know. Like, I just something. I feel like once I go on a hunt where I'm spot and stalking and I actually have a chance to spot and stalk, I'm going to have a really hard time sitting in a tree. Have Have any of you guys, have you guys hunted Havelina? Not yet. It's high on the you list. Do you have any interest? Yeah. Really? Oh, oh, yeah. It's really high on the list. Yeah, definitely. That's that's an affordable hunt and a doable hunt. Yeah. You know, I I just got to figure out I what mean, state I want to do it in. Yeah, that's probably the only hunt that's still affordable in Texas. Yeah. It's, you know, it's doable and they're they're a lot of fun and I think see they're to me a, a fascinating animal as well. They are. I mean, yes. Some people don't care for them, but they're vicious little buggers. Yeah, right. They act like it. <laughs> I'm sure they could be. Uh-huh. Yeah. One of my it's favorite on act, I think. G. Fred Asbell things was it's a bow hunter. I, I, it must be like just a bow hunter VHS. But he was explaining you know. stalking on the video hunting javelina. And that just that started the fascination with wanting to hunt javelina. It's kind of drifted over the years, but for a long time, javelina was like I'm talking like five to like probably twelve year old Schaefer territory. Yeah, that was 
that's what I wanted to do. Guys, I got to step away for a minute. I'll be back. All right. Sounds good. Got to go put Crosby to bed. But well, now, that's that's one you could do and it would be fun. The uh, the Havoline, that's all low fence, right? I know Texas has a lot of high fence stuff. It's It's got both. Um, yeah, you can do two different styles in Texas. Well, you probably do more, but there's the Sendero type hunt, which that's where you're hunting these, these flatter areas that have roads and people corn, you know, you corn the road because it's so thick and you can stalk them in, in the prickly pear, but it can be pretty brutal. And so, you know, I feel like that's what I have visually watched mostly. Right. And this year I, I'm, I'm planning a hunt um, and actually there's room um, for I think one or two more, um, but it's where I hunted way back in, in my first out of state hunt ever in 2013. And it's more rock, more West Texas, Rocky Mount, semi-mountainous. Oh, cool. And that's a lot of fun because, you know, you just walk around and, glass and this is going to be a very broad statement but is it kind of like when you see the uh what is it topo texas or whatever that place is yep is it similar to what okay yep cool and it's the same ranch i hunted actually so i'm pretty i'm hoping that it's a good hunt um awesome might have to get some details and then there's new mexico and arizona you know which i've never done but that you know you can do that on public land are i feel like i've heard javelina tags are kind of hard to get i don't know which state it was in reference to i just remember it being weird i don't know if that rings a bell Uh, at all for you yeah no i i think i think they're pretty easy to get okay yeah um they say i've heard someone say that, that buying points for javelina in arizona isn't isn't really worth it, which tells them, you know, doesn't mean you shouldn't buy points, but okay. I think you can get a tag. I, I don't, They're, I don't know, even, they, they don't give out many. It could have been Arizona. Like I said, I don't really recall what it was about. I just remember hearing weirdly that Havelina was like a, a difficult tag. And I always thought that was strange because they're, you know, they're not pigs, but it's New Mexico's a little tougher. You have to put in for the draw a lot of times. No kidding. Yeah. Can can you eat some havelina? areas are over the counter though? Oh yeah, they're they're delicious. Yeah. Okay. They taste like pork. Pork. You have to you have to take precautions cleaning them. But in the uh, essence, you know, I've always really like rubber gloves type of precaution or like making sure that the hide and which is covered, of course, in the glandular scent. Yeah, doesn't touch the meat. Oh, okay. You wash, I, yep. you wash your knife, so you skin it very carefully, keeping your hands away from the meat and only on the hide. Pull the hide off. You know, trim, trim all the, you know, cut the legs off, and you know everything, and then wash it down if you can. Clean your knife, yeah, new knife, and then and then you're good to go. All right, that that's same with the guts. You know, Almost, you know, it almost might be wise not to gut them and just to, to do the gutless method. Okay. Yep. Same, same with the guts. When you All open right. them up, they, they don't smell good inside. They oh, boy. 
have a, a bad no. They're cool critters. They are. I I've always heard they are meant for bow hunting. Yep, and everything you know, you get to hunt in the desert, which is neat, and everything wants to pick you. You know, everything has thorns. Pretty All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. No worries. Yeah, I had to put the the little guy to bed for the night. I've just been realizing how much I don't know about javelinas as you were gone. Oh yeah, yeah? no, I don't know yeah. anything about them other than they're well, javelinas are. They're, they're not the, pigs. They're the little guys. Yeah, no, they're rodents. What are they? They're in like the... What the family? Like family the rat family like, and stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. Horax, I think. You know, yeah. like old world old world rodents. They're, they're little guys. And uh, my, my brother lives out in Arizona, so they're all over the place out there. Unusual size rodents? Yeah, they're... they're... No, rodents of unusual size. That's what it is. R-U-S's. For those who have seen the Princess Bride, yeah, I've seen that one. As you wish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell my wife that sometimes she gets a kick out of it. As you wish. <laughs> I usually try to say it like I'm falling down a mountain, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh boy, oh that—that's some good stuff. Yeah, just looking forward to hunting and beautiful. I hope things keep healing up well for yeah, you. Yeah, seriously. It'd be a real bummer if it didn't. Yeah. What's are the you, uh exactly. which tall times are you hunting with this year? Uh, I've got a recurve this year. I was gonna right. try to make myself a stick flinger, but it just didn't happen. Um so I'm shooting a sixty-four inch uh Myrtle and stabilized winge riser. And uh, shooting really good. So, how how often do you make yourself a new bow? <laughs> Anytime I'm shooting poorly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is great. Michael yeah, Arnett is always in the honeymoon phase with a bow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's oh, awesome! Yeah. That's what, funny. Yeah. So, what? What I was mentioning tuning earlier. Yeah. Um, here we have because we have this awesome these awesome leagues. You know, um, they put on 3D shoots in a few different places. Um, and so I was shooting all summer, and I just was not shooting good. You know, I was just consistently probably shooting at my worst. You know, mm-hmm. you know, just couldn't couldn't get a could not get a bullseye. You know, just floating all around, you know, in the tens or eights and then getting some fives, you know, and I was like, what, you know, what am I doing? I'm, I'm consistently not hitting exactly where I want to, but hitting really close. Like my form's good. What's going on? So, well, the whole time I had, I had my knock too low. I'd been okay. bear shaft tuning and I'm shooting a lot up front. And the tendency is to get your knock too low to combat some of the knock high that just comes from the, the front wing so much. Gotcha. Yep, that makes sense. And it it wasn't even that much, you know. And my bear shafts were flying. I was shooting 30 yards with bear shafts. Nice. You know, 
and and they weren't flying perfectly, but they were flying well. Mm-hmm. And lo and behold, that's what it was. I raised my knock point and started shooting good again. Do, do you get into paper tuning at all, or do you mainly bear shaft? I I've mainly bear shafted. Okay. I, uh-huh. I, I I I did some paper tuning um, last year. Yeah. I just I just couldn't figure it out. Um. And I was, it was shooting pretty dang good through paper. So I just left it at that. Um, I, I didn't realize you're not supposed to paper tune with broadheads. I think I was talking to a guy it, that really knows this stuff about tuning. Never, and never heard it, that. It would get confusing because you'd yeah. have multiple slits. Yeah. I, I sent her these pictures and it's, you know, it was a pretty good arrow doing exactly the same thing, you know, through, you know, 30 shots and he's like are you, are you doing that with the broadhead i'm like yeah like and he didn't say anything i'm like oh well now i know that i don't know anything about this so <laughs> i just i just kind of did it by sight I, I was my you know my errors were porpoising i just played with the knocking point until it was right and yeah yeah finally got it so have you uh ever tried to bear shaft with a broadhead um, I have, yeah. When I was shooting split finger, I could bear shaft with a broadhead. Excellent. I have Especially seen some wacky things. <laughs> yeah, I could shoot a broadhead with a bear shaft from thirty yards away. Now that's you know, a setup. We, we lived out in the country, so you know I wasn't putting anybody in danger doing that. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe the shed, but you know. <laughs> I know, I'm trying to remember. I think it was a cutthroat two blade single bevel, and I literally think my arrow hit the ground halfway to the target. That's how like awful <laughs> it was. Well, with with the two blade, it's a little harder because instant plane. Yes, yes. So the the two blade, I, I don't think I could quite do that with, but yeah. you know, a vented three blade, I was able to get there. I'm pretty sure every time. I've pretty much ever done it. It's always started with a bet you wouldn't shoot like it's always a friends over shooting a bear shaft. And then the joke is made about shooting it with a broadhead. And then naturally the next natural progression is doing it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> and getting the exact results you would expect. What broadheads are you guys using this year? Uh, I have inch and a quarter vpas and i do have some of those razor single bevels i have yet to break out nice. not the not the bear razor heads the company out of michigan oh oh, oh and, and then chris has his aces yeah you shoot the big ones or the, the smaller the ones? standards the regular ones okay i've never the... shot those i've shot the smaller ones i love them or are the standards the smaller ones? Stand, standards are the small ones. These guys. Can yeah, you I see, think kill the, what are they, the Super Express or the big ones? Yeah, they're like what, oh, okay. an inch okay. and a quarter, I think. Uh, they're 200 grain gluons. I know that much. They're pretty what, hefty. What's, what's the... I don't have a tape measure in here. I don't know. What's the diameter in these guys? Inch and three sixteenths. Okay. You know, I never passed I like... several things in school, but random stuff like that, locked. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> Random both. I study my broadheads. Broadheads are important. It's okay to geek out over broadheads. What do you, What do you like? 
Um, I've used about everything. Yeah. Um, so I can, I can speak a, a little bit to, you know, a lot of times you, you know, you hear people jump on a bandwagon, but they haven't tried a bunch of different stuff. Right. Um, but I like, I like multi-blade heads, good multi-blade heads. I think, I think I need, I have some woodsman's that I need to try them one of these years. Those were, I've never ones, used they them. used to be one of the best. Yeah. Yeah. Out there. I also I also have some I was gonna do it this year and I bailed. I, I chickened out. I was gonna I was gonna hunt with razor heads this year. And uh I didn't like the durability of them. Yeah, they're not. I uh I killed a doe with a compound using one of the yeah one of the, the newer, you know, I the, think they the were stainless steel made them. Yeah. Yeah. I um, uh I was I was uh, can you still see us? Nope, not at all. Oh, okay. I was gonna show you though. I got one that I I sent in the dirt, and the the point rolled up like a elves hat. It was like rolled right up. Um, you know that's why I quit shooting Ace. I haven't had that issue. With I Ace. shot a really. I shot yeah. a uh, and I put a few of them in the a dirt. Fir tree, really? Yeah. Maybe sometimes you just get that one broadhead that just you might you and, get it just right. And I might have gotten that with that razor head because I know how many how many animals have died to razor heads. You know, they say the right. most and out a, of any head. And, a, <laughs> and aces, yeah, I guess. All the old, all the old broadheads. They say, yeah, so, yeah. Wiki, they're all contending for the the best. They're, they're good broadheads. They work. Yes. So yeah, multi blades. I I love the VPA. They're they're a good happy medium between affordability durability and just overall performance it's it's um, just a good option they're yeah. so durable i've never found a broadhead more durable than a bpa three blade i will I, uh i'll use them as stumpers like during the season yeah i take a practice shot most most hunts if i can yeah. i feel like i can get away with it and I'll shoot a VPA, a mark of broadhead, and I'll shoot it the entire season just at the ground. And I've hit rocks, you know, and eventually I'll hit, you know, a rock and it'll break maybe, but they're durable. As I say, usually my practice head. So I, I always buy six mm-hmm. and I'll designate one as a practice head and that'll be my fifth arrow in my quiver come hunting season. Mm-hmm. And that'll be what I take all my practice shots from, from the stand, or if a squirrel's nearby, that is just the gets abused broadhead. Yeah. Well, it's a good idea to shoot with your broadheads because, you know, it, it helps you with confidence. And then, you know, during the season, if you have a problem with your tuning, you're going to know it. Right. Right. Yeah. Instead of maybe being surprised on an animal. Not the ideal I time. Would, I always encourage people to do that. My wife hates it. She, I'm like, let's make sure your broadheads are flying good. She's like, they're flying good. I'm like, let's make sure. <laughs> but how sure? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are, well, but yeah. are you sure? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that that's good. Do you like the uh, the inch and an eighth or the inch and a quarter VPAs? I like the Ancient Eighth, but part of it is just that I have had so much luck with them. 
It's it's and very just, uh, woodsman like. Yeah. Yes. Yes. They're VPAs. They're a, they're a, a, a machined version of a woodsman. You know. Yep. So uh, snuffers. I love the snuffers. Those yeah. Are, yeah. Yeah. Those you got me thinking. I gotta try three blades. Chris is going yeah. full Schaefer right now. Yeah, not right now. No, I won't do it in the middle of the season. I'm gonna stick with what I got. That's well, that's what um, makes the fun. But but I <laughs> well, mean, well, you know, hey, if you're if you're confident in one thing, use it. Yeah, I've I've had. There are a lot good. of people that are confident in their two blades or their single bevels. Yeah, you know, they work. I try but about theory, like I was quick. I try about fifty different things through the year, and then end up at the same combination every year. It's a beautiful thing that's terrible on my wallet. Right. That's that's how you know what works. You get a lot of experience that way. Yeah. Right. But uh, my theory is, after shooting a lot of different broadheads, um, two blades, non-double bevel, two blades, they just don't leave blood on the ground. You know? Yeah. I, a lot of I people, a lot of people would differ. D- double bevel, just, would you say, or did you say single? Double bevel, yeah. God, I've, I've seen had, I've seen some murder scenes at a at a at a double oh, bevel. Yeah, well, and I've seen I've seen some. Yeah, but then when you when you're trying them all, you know, you 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 get to see what a what a snuffer blood trail is like. I I I, I think it <laughs> it, o- it only makes sense to say that you're going to get a better blood trail out of a three blade. I, I would yeah. say maybe or not four. make sense, yeah. but just percentage wise, you would make the only thing I would say has a higher percentage is like a big Simmons free shark or yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Those That's things just I annihilate. Tried, I, I say, I say I haven't tried them. I've never been able to get them to shoot well enough for me to be confident in them. They're, they're a big wide two blade and those can be hard to tune. And I'll get nine perfect shots out of them. And in the 10th one, I just know that the broadhead is what caused that miss, you know? Yeah. Gotcha. As a result of my form, probably, and my tuning, but not the broadhead's fault, but still. In your head, it's the broadhead. Could have been. Well. We like to build forgiveness. yeah for my lack of for my lack of of uh, form and tuning yeah it is the broadhead you know yeah yeah blames on me but yeah so those are i've only heard good things about those the ones i got the best blood trails out of were definitely the snuffer so that'd be like your one and a quarter inch vpa would be a close comparison yep and then honestly the four blades the the bigger four blades. Those Are you talking like really good blood muzzies? Muzzy Phantom. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, those, what, uh, was, what was the muzzy, uh, the Eichler one? Phantom. Was that the Phantom? Yep. Um, I, yeah. He had one that was had a, a more angled blade, like a less abrupt angle on the bleeder. Yeah. But I just used the, they had the Phantom SS, which was like a 225 grain steel adapter version of the Phantom. Oh, that's cool. And I shot those for a few years and had great luck with them. And then they quit making them. And that's when I went to the, the snuffers and the woodsmen. And, but, and then yeah. on single bevels, um, 
I don't think I, I have not experienced better penetration unless you hit heavy bone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm on whitetails. I'm in, you know, I'm inconclusive on that, on whether it was better penetration or not. Um, and my theory is uh, on a broadside whitetail or quartering away whitetail, if you hit the shoulder, you, you're not in the vitals. You know, that's my theory. So now on a quartering two. Different story. You know, yeah. Um, but that's an iffy shot anyway. So you know, I just, I err on the side of backing off the shoulder just a little bit. And having a little more, just a little more blood on the ground. Cause it doesn't take much. And that's what a lot of, you know, what I really found when I was using the, the single bevels and the, and the two blades is like that, that blood that you find 40 yards from your last blood, it may just be a spot. That's yep. what helps you find the next spot and your deer. Yes. And, and, and so small differences make a big difference you know? and i i lost i lost a couple i lost a couple animals that i hit pretty good and didn't go far um i say lost i found them but too late you know yeah and and then i i had some animals that i hit perfect that i just found them you know i just happened to find them because it was a perfect shot and they they only went 100 yards you know the uh, oh. I shot a doe in 2021 that I did not find, and I ended up shooting high, but I was using a very small three blade that year. And part of the reason yeah. I went to an inch and a quarter is because I'm convinced I was close enough to some good stuff that a slightly larger mm-hmm. head may have bought me the just ever so slight extra oomph I would have needed to make that go from non-lethal to lethal. Yeah. So I have had that experience with single bevels. So I actually, I, sh- I shot a buck in 2017, no, 2016, 650 grain arrow, 61 pound tall tines. And I shot ever so slightly too far towards the shoulder, but not a lot. Like, if it would have hit the right spot, it would have been a deadly shot in that V, right? Gotcha, yep. But he ducked, and I wasn't aiming exactly there. I shot a little too far to the left. He ducked, and I hit, you know, probably right about, you know, I think I, did you video that, that doe, Schaefer? I did. I think I saw that video. Okay. So I hit my buck almost identically to that. Um, okay, yep. And... I looked for him for the entire rest of the day, you know, lost blood. It, it was obviously seemed like it was just a muscle hit, not meaning it couldn't be lethal because a lot of times it's not immediately lethal, but then infection Correct. Yeah. You know, gets it later. So I was real bummed. Well, I went back to the same stand the following week, same day of the week on a Thursday. And about the same time, the same buck comes through. And I get a second shot at this buck. And I hit him pretty good. And he's one of the ones that I didn't find soon enough. Like, I found him. Um, 
I hit him pretty good from what it looked like. And he only went about probably 175 yards, but he ran into this tall prairie grass. And I looked for him all day. Um, couldn't find him. And, you know, basically I was, you know, walked right past him. Um, and that was when I was like, well, first I hit one in the shoulder, which is what everybody uses. That's what I use the single bevels for, right? Well, that didn't work. Then I hit him where I want to, or at least close to it. You know, I don't know exactly where I shot it because, you know, the coyotes had just demolished it. So no, the reason okay. I, the only reason I know that it's the same buck is because I pick up the shoulder, which is off to the side because there are so many coyotes in this area. And it's got this perfect hole punched. Okay. In the yep. scapula. Gotcha. That's, that's how I know for sure that it was the same buck, you know. So that's my that's theory wild. on that. But, you know, if you're confident in something, use it. Yeah. But also, the, uh, if you're hitting a white tail broadside in the shoulder, that's not what you want to do anyway. <laughs> Take that into consideration. The uh, the head I really really want to see is VPA makes a three hundred grain inch and a half three blade. I don't want to uh, shoot it. I just want to vi- visually see it <laughs> because when well, you come snuffer was yeah because when you compare an inch and an eighth VPA compared to an inch and a quarter, that's an astonishingly large difference, and you're adding an additional quarter inch. Uh-huh. So it's just got to be massive. Yeah. I've never bought them. I, I, I haven't either. I, I've wanted to buy a pack just to buy a pack to see them, but it seems kind of wasteful. <laughs> I've put them in my cart and almost bought them. But yeah. <laughs> well, they're always real expensive too, because obviously I'm sure they have to use a lot more. Yeah. It's a big material. chunk of metal. Yeah. So I'm always like, ah, dang. then you gotta then you gotta fit them in your quiver which is a whole different (laughs) that's like tree sharks my goodness i don't know how anybody fits (laughs) well at least the two blades you can get them like vertically yeah that's true i'm all in there like those snuffers were tough when you try to fit six snuffers into a cell weight quiver i was about to say with the uh with a great northern quiver I can occasionally figure out how to put five inch and a quarter VPAs in there. Most of the time, four is like super easy because they're they're getting stacked kind of on top and bottom of each other. So you really got to orient everything just perfectly. Yeah. But that's why the inch and an eighth is nice because that just makes everything easy. It's just the perfect size. Lots of good broadheads out there. That's for yeah. sure. Hard to go wrong with a lot of them put in the right spot. Mm-hmm. A sharp one. Sharp one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh, I love this stuff. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's easy to talk about for a long time. A few times a week. Yeah, right. Once every, once every week. Well, do I need to? Do I need to let you guys go to bed? Uh, we're, we're probably getting yeah. close, you know, Chris, Chris is the young soul here, so it's getting close to my bedtime. 
Well, uh, I've run out. I've run out of things to talk about. So it's, it's uh, been it's been good, Michael. Thank you so yes. much for coming on, man. This, 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 this has been, there's been some killer stories in here. So thank you very much. <laughs> I've been well, trying to work on a me. title this whole time, ever since your special guest. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that it. It's just a fun podcast to listen to. Oh, you thanks, know? man. Yeah. I, you I, know, I like that. So, so, so we've heard, dude, uh, Schaefer, how many, how many first traditional bow kills have we heard in the last two years, year and a half? Uh, a lot. I was about to say, we're getting close to 90 episodes now. And I would say we have asked that question on we, we three need to- quarters of them. I think we need to have people like vote in on like what what was the the craziest <laughs> first traditional after we get like a hundred episodes in or something we're gonna have to do that because there's been some you know what you need to do hilarious you need to do ones. a montage montage <laughs> oh, yeah straight podcast I, two hour podcast one just right first traditional bow kills. Even though it's, it was a recent episode, we've gotten a lot of comments about Matt Zernzak's. Oh my god, did you listen to that? <laughs> no, I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, it's uh, hilarious. It's, on my podcast. It's, it's hilarious, but it's like... Slightly less high. <laughs> it's heavy. It's a heavy first traditional bow kill. It's... It, it's uh, yeah, yeah. Well, there, there's some weight there. Too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. similar. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Th- okay, th- I, I, need, I need to learn how to use this equipment better. Yeah, well, well, we all yeah. do, yeah. Oh, I love yeah, them. Though. They're, they're, that, they're, that was my takeaway. Yeah, those, those are my favorite stories. I love them, and they're always good. They're always good, especially when like you get somebody who's like not only new to traditional archery but new to bow hunting in general. Mm-hmm. And then it's it's always just a total shit show, and they're so funny <laughs> and just. I, I like the ones where the people blank out on the shot because oh, I yeah. relate to that. Yes, I, I remember drawing back, and then I remember radioing to my dad. I shot. Do not remember anything in the middle. <laughs> where the arrow go? No idea. <laughs> I don't. I don't see it in the area I shot. So I think I hit it. My first. So my first bow kill was okay. opening day of rifle season, and my my dad didn't you know good dad so he didn't like hunting or wasn't really interested in it but i was interested in it mm-hmm. so he got interested in it you know and uh i let him borrow my shotgun and he goes out and shoots this the biggest buck that i had seen at the time you know and i'd <laughs> seen it before and then not had a shot um like his first time out just boom <laughs> I, I dropped him off and i hear this boom i'm like Oh, that was my dad, you know, and it was, and so I'm sitting there and this little porkhorn comes in and right before he hit my wind, which I wasn't paying attention to because I didn't know anything. He, I, I grunted at him like as loud as I could. Cause I, I, I was like, Oh, the wind's blowing that way. I just, you know, and he jerks his head over. He starts walking my way and like he gets to probably 12 yards and I think I grunted to stop him and he ducks and I hit him in the spine. Well, I, you know, I'm a poor high school kid. You know, I have three, no, I had two arrows, what I had. 
and I had missed a coyote about 30 minutes before. So now I have one arrow and I shoot this buck and what does he do? He rolls over on the arrow. So now I have no arrows. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> so, and I got this buck thrashing around on the ground. So I like try to like tie him off and I'm not get away, you know, you know, I can run back. I don't know. Run back and get my dad and see if he's got a gun, you know, try to tie this buck off. That didn't work. So then I'm like, crap, where's that arrow? So I go find that arrow that I missed the coyote with and finish the job. But Michael, that is my, <laughs> that is my first bow kill ever. That's exactly really? like I had three arrows. I shot a, uh, a basket rack eight pointer and I spined him. I don't think I've ever told the story. Uh, I spined him and he went down and I panicked. This is with a compound, right? This is with a compound. Okay. Yeah. This is my first. I, I, this, I believe, if I remember right, this is the first year I killed with a compound. Um, I don't think, I don't think I killed anything other before this guy with, with a bow. But yeah, I spined him and he went right down. And of course he's doing the, and I, I'm like, <laughs> I'm feeling absolutely horrific. And I shoot an oh, arrow. Yeah, absolutely. You, Cause you're, you're uh, like, I'm panicking. Mm-hmm. I feel terrible. Yeah. Cause the thing's in pain and it just, I, I, yeah, I emptied my quiver into the thing and, and <laughs> I've, I've, it was still alive. It was horrible. My neighbor finally showed up and he had a knife. Thank God. And I took oh. care of the rest of it, but it was just, oh. it was terrible. And I was like, I don't know if bow hunting's for me. <laughs> maybe I'm not, you know, and that is, I, a, yeah. I, I have just, yet to spine something. Oh, it's, it's and that it's is probably pleasant. one of my biggest fears because I think in that moment I'm going to try to follow up. Yeah, because you shoot don't it want, again, I mean, but I'm going to literally have an outline of the mm-hmm. deer with arrows because I'm not going to be able to keep my composure. I I like to think that the majority of us are ethical people and we don't want to see an animal suffer. And 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 when you shoot something in the spine, it is not a pleasant experience. It's not. It was terrible. Right. Um, but yeah, that was my first. That was my first uh, compound kill. It was. It was terrible. Thank God I haven't yeah. done it again since. But I mean, you never know. They duck. So I'm well, sure I got another thing, one though. on me. If you were a deer, would you rather have people shooting at you from 600 yards away, or would you rather get spined and then a few more arrows? In a worst case scenario, from twelve yards and feel it, like you had a chance. It depends. Is that guy from six hundred yards going to make a good shot? <laughs> right. I. Uh, I well, you know, maybe not. Probably not. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't know. know yeah, we, there's. That happens he, with any weapon. He saw it on YouTube, so you know the odds are he's going to be a decent shot. I I don't know. Yeah, I oof, I don't know. Well, I don't I, know. I think we we try to put our humanity on these animals. And yeah, 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 definitely. I, we we forget that maybe they just want a chance. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Even the worst death by arrow is probably still better than getting your ass eaten by a coyote. Yeah, they're still alive. Well, and and Chris, you can actually feel better because you basically, you know, he couldn't feel anything. No, no, he couldn't. Couldn't feel it, a thing. It just sucked. The scenario the, sucked. Yeah, I the hated first it. arrow was kind of an epidural, and then mm-hmm. after that, it exactly. was 
Oh God, I came up on one that was uh, in a car. I was going to work the one day. This is years ago. It's like 15 years ago. And it was dragging its back end around the this the middle of the highway. Mm. And I was like, son mm. of a bitch. And it was the only day, like I I like at that time in my life, I carried a gun everywhere I went. And I it was the first time I didn't have a gun in my truck. And I was like, I, damn it. You know, and it was I just, had the same thing happen one time. Oh, yeah. didn't God, have, that was terrible. Didn't have a gun, didn't have a bow, nothing. Yeah. And I, I, I at, at that point in my life, I pretty much always had a nine millimeter in the center console. And at that one day, for some reason I didn't, and I felt awful about it. Um but yeah, somebody, I guess somebody hit it right before I came around the corner and poor bastard. Oh, that sucked. Ugh. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't, don't like seeing animals suffer. That sucks. But unfortunately that, that's a, that's a, that happens to all of us. I mean, man, they duck strings and it happens. It sucks. Nature of the so maybe the montage of first traditional bow kills might not be a good thing actually. <laughs> well, I you know <laughs> none of the none of the ones we've heard have been horrific yet. They've all been kind of just funny and usually it, it it comes down to just the person being a goofball and doing silly things but like I mean being successful but like, you know, not no animals being tortured. Or anything. What were you calling them, Michael? Elmer Fudd moments? Yeah, no, there's they're yeah. all just Elmer Fudd moments and they've all been hilarious. I think uh, I, uh-huh. I, I think my compound kill that I just described is probably the worst first bow kill we've ever heard on this one uh-huh. that I know of. I don't know. Well, uh-huh. you got to love it. It's not always learned from everything. Yep. Yeah. This one's definitely going to be called something around the uh, a little bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks again, guys. Yeah, Michael. Thanks so much. Sorry man. about the technical difficulties. Oh, oh no sorry. worries That's at all. Fine. You know what? It made it more adventurous. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you. Happy Wi-Fi, I guess. Good uh, luck. Good luck when you get out, man. Before Thank we you. completely cut off here, though, make sure you tell people where they can find you. Oh, yeah. Oh, Tall Times Archery um, online, um, talltimesarchery.com, and then Instagram and Facebook. So, yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Beautiful. Thanks, man. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much, Michael. Night. You too. You too. Before we close out this episode, everybody, just wanted to take a moment and say thank you for listening to this episode of The Broken Arrow. Also, if you enjoy the show, remember to check out our partners, Black Widow Bows, Addictive Archery, Safari Tough, and Great Northern Quivers. Till next time, shoot straight.